want to be empowered with the Holy Spirit? Are you in need of an uplifting message? It's time for today's Uplift, encouraging words and biblical truths to help you find freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, good evening, everybody. And uh, as you can see, if you're watching on the video, it's just Robert and I. And uh, Phil, who knows what Phil's doing? He he <laughs> said he was doing... Uh, I, I I think he said he's doing something that we're, we're like a wedding. He's meeting a couple about their wedding, which is great. But, you know, we're still going to give Phil a hard time. That's and, right. uh, you know, just because he's not here. And, you know, I, I, I'm... I'm sure that that's important to the couple that he met with, that he met with them, but you know, he kind of, he kind of left Robert and I hanging out to try, but that's okay. <laughs> because, because we, we got a good conversation tonight. Mm -hmm. So, good, so uh, thank you all for listening and, and, and uh, tuning in. And um, <clears throat> so tonight we, Robert and I were kind of talking off camera here before we started. And Robert has recently started an interesting new uh uh job let's call it a new role in ministry and he's still a church pastor nothing's changed there but he is he is working as a uh telephone prayer operator for it's it's the uh it's this it's not the 700 club but it's the this the channel that it's on right mm -hmm. yeah well it technically is it's the cbn okay so it is it is technically the 700 club is is what started the prayer center and so um i'm that's what i do i'm a prayer agent of cbn which is is awesome because you know robert's been a pastor now for several years but it, it, it kind of feels a lot longer than that because even mm -hmm. though you know before he was a pastor of a church he was involved in a lot of different ministries and and all that sort of thing and uh, so this is kind of right up his alley. And so we were talking off camera and Robert was telling me that, you know, you're, you're saying like on an average day, you kind of take around 80 calls a day, mm -hmm. but the call center gets how many calls a day on average? Uh, the call center, my understanding is it gets around 13,000 calls a day. <clears throat> Which is incredible. On one hand, it's great. But on the other hand, it's uh, that th that many people are seeking prayer in their mm -hmm. lives. I, on one hand, that's great. And on the other hand, it's probably not so great because that means that people are seeking prayer for a reason. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that was intriguing to me is that Robert was talking about, because I asked the question, what do people what do people call in for? And of course, we we had the 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 discussion about some of his most strange prayer requests and all that sort of thing, which we won't go into for reasons of confidentiality. But I'll let Robert explain what out of those roughly eighty calls a day that he takes, what by far the the topics are that people are asking for prayer for. Yeah, absolutely. So, and so what you, what you are always going to find is in these, in the prayer center, the two main topics that everyone is praying for is healing and finances. And so people are always calling in for healing and finances. Now I kind of, I kind of mentioned this before, it seems like, so we have a lot of sick people and we have a lot of poor people, right? And so what's happening is we have, we have people who are sick, people who are poor and nobody, and people don't want to be either, 
right? And so, so they're crying out to the Lord that he would heal them and that he would bless them. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I am sure that I've seen that pattern in my life as well. Nobody wants to be sick and nobody wants to be poor. And so when we go through that, we certainly want God to touch us in those things. Now, in, in my, now keep this in mind. Like, I don't think it's wrong for people to pray those things. I'm not saying that, that like it's wrong. Oh, we shouldn't be sick and poor or something like that. But what I'm saying to you is that these things are also important to God. Obviously, there's more things we could pray for than that. But those are the two main things that people are praying for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many other topics to think about there. You know, there's grief, loss of a loved one, um, you know, things that come to my mind, suicide, depression, yeah. and all those sorts of things and deliverance, you know, from from uh, strongholds and all those sorts of things, addictions as someone who's in my, in my case, someone who's battled food addictions my whole life and that sort of thing. I know a lot of people have battled alcoholism and gambling and all that sort of thing. So it to it 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 kind of doesn't surprise me that what you're what you're telling me, but it, on the other hand, it kind of does surprise me. And I'm sure that people do call for other things, but but by and large, most of them are calling for physical healing and, and for finances. Which actually, you know, uh, if you're sick and and you're in in that medical loop, that can definitely cause financial problems as well. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It can kind of go hand in hand, right? So, right, you end up in the hospital, you have to ICU for like a week, and you're ending up with hundreds of thousands of dollars that you're all of a sudden oh, if the health insurance doesn't pay, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, they can go hand in hand, right? And, and you see that in scripture too. The, the lady with the issue of blood, mm-hmm. she was sick for 12 years. We know she was sick for 12 years. And what happens? She she it literally tells us she spent all she had on doctors. Right. Trying to find the cure, trying to find how she was going to get past this thing because she could not like she could not live this way. Mm-hmm. Right. And so and so obviously she had spent all that she had. Uh, we see the same thing. How often do we see beggars? in the Bible that were also either lame or blind or had a disability, mm-hmm. right? So sick, sick and poor kind of went together in society. And, it, and a lot of it is because they kind of play into each other. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the hope is that we would make enough money and God would bless us enough that we could continue in good health, mm-hmm. but that's not always the case. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I'm, I have very strong thoughts and opinions about, healing and and what the bible teaches about healing and that's been my main topic of study for the past year and a half or whatever it's been now Mm -hmm. and and i think you know and this is uplift so (laughs) i'm i'm going to ask the lord to 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 make what i'm about to say and turn it uplifting and, and and hopefully we'll get there but I think the church, honestly, I think the the modern church, and and I don't know what the what the definition of modern would be, but I think the modern church has failed, has failed society, in 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 teaching and preaching the faith and the promises of God as it comes to both of these topics, finances and healing. Absolutely. And I I think the church at some point the church fell on its face. I think the church has been too cute. I think that uh, you know the church is trying to appease people rather than than uh, stand on faith and the promises of God. And um, 
I think it's been going on for a long time. And, you know, we, we've, we've become the, a church for the most part of disbelief and believing more in man than God and, and all these sorts of things. That's my personal opinion because I've read books, uh, that that told that told about all the teachings of Smith Wigglesworth and F. F. Bosworth and and these sorts of people, John G. Lake, and all these sorts of people, these 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 in this case men mm-hmm. who were doing their thing 100, 150 years ago. And uh, you know, these these men, you know, they had testimonies and and they they were pretty successful 150 years ago healing things that there was no medical science for because they stood mm-hmm. on the promises of God and they stood on the word. And, you know, and it also comes to, in, in to finances as well for these people because, you know, they didn't work a job. I mean, Smith, Smith Wigglesworth was a tradesman and I'm trying to remember if he was a carpenter or, or what his trade was, but when he was younger, he did work a trade, but, you know they they led full-time ministries and uh the yeah. lord the lord blessed them with finances yeah and so, and so take the healing part away these people this was 150 years ago there was no uh welfare or social security or anything they had full-time ministries and and they didn't starve to death and <laughs> absolutely you know it's kind of like this you know if you think and i was i was i brought this up to uh, my congregation on wednesday night um, I was I was expressing to them. I said, "Think about this." I said, "The kingdom has principles." Now the problem is, we want to approach God's kingdom like we want to come into God's kingdom and still live by worldly principles, asking God to bless what we're doing, right? Asking God to, you know, do what we want. And in reality, when what God's saying is, when you enter His kingdom, He has principles, mm-hmm. and all of His principles of the kingdom, no matter what the subject, whether you talk about healing, finance, whether you're talking about salvation, whether you're talking anything, right? All of them can be. We we know the principle it's run off of. It's faith. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So in, in the kingdom principle, the big overarching kingdom principle is faith. Mm-hmm. And and here's why: because you can't even come into the kingdom of God except you have faith. Mm-hmm. Right. So faith is the key to get in. And then faith is also the key to live it out. Now, see, God has these principles in place. Mm-hmm. Now, now, why is that? Because here's the thing: we are people who have fallen. Mm-hmm. So God's not, he's not a God that can be bribed and he's not a God that can be bargained with or persuaded. Right. You see, he, he's already set in place these principles. So the only thing left for us to do is to join in working out his way, right? His way is based on faith. And why? Because he's the only one in the universe worthy of trusting, Mm -hmm. right? He's the one who's perfect. He's the one who's never lied. He's the one, right? So, so what God is asking us to do is not to live, he's not going to come and bow down to our set of rules just because we've entered the kingdom. Mm-hmm. He's expecting us to adhere to his principles, mm-hmm. which yep. are all built on faith. Mm-hmm. So just like healing is built on faith, you have to trust what God says. That's why Hebrews eleven six 6 actually says, it says it's impossible to please God except you have faith. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what does that mean? That means God builds everything on you trusting him. That means you, well, how do we know to trust him? Well, whatever he's already told us and written down, mm-hmm. we have to trust him. 
Now, usually what I find is happening is people will say they trust God and, and then they'll throw a but in there, right? They're like, well, I trust God, but. Mm-hmm. Which just erases. It's just erases. That's right. It just erases the statement you yeah. made. It's, it's like the same statement if I were to come to you and say, now, I'm, I'm not trying to be offensive. Right. So, you know, something offensive is coming. Right. Because I just said I'm not trying to be offensive, but it's going to be offensive. Right. 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 And so, like, that's kind of the same statement. It's like I, I can't come to you and say, you know, I have faith, but mm-hmm. because what that means is I either don't understand God's word mm-hmm. or I simply don't believe God's word. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that that seems too simple, but in reality, that's that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. We actually fool ourselves in the church by thinking that we like to tell we almost like to tell ourselves we believe god mm-hmm. and then when god asks us something to, to do something or to task us with something that's when we start having a crisis mm-hmm. and that's when we realize our faith isn't as strong as we hoped it was or we feel like we're not trusting god at that point mm-hmm. Yeah. And so at that point right there you go, you're like, okay, now we have this. So God has the same principles with healing mm-hmm. and he has the same principles with, uh, with finances. Mm-hmm. He has that same principle with every subject. We must trust God with every subject that's out there. Mm-hmm. And that well, includes healing and finances. Right. And, and that's exactly right. And it's written throughout scripture and old and new Testament about, both of these topics, healing and 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 finance and pauper, poverty and all that sort of thing. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, look them up yourself in scripture for everybody who's listening and watching. It's it's written throughout. And, and you know, that's the one thing in, in the, that I've studied over the past year and a half about healing is without question, God wants us well without there's there's and, and, and I'll take it a step further because you're absolutely right about faith. And faith and belief, you're exactly right. And I'm going to take it a step further. And this is something that I've really been studying and thinking about and listening to to sermons about, is understanding God's love for us. Everything that he does is based on his love for us. God is not mad at us. God, you know, God is capable of anger. But God is not mad at us. You know, we who who believe in Jesus, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the, this game of us thinking that God is mad at us or that we're not worthy, that goes yeah. out the window. That's gone. Yeah. He loves us. In spite of whatever we do, he loves us. And this is where a lot of people miss the promises of God written in the word. Is because they, you know, number one, it's a number one lie of the enemy to convince us that, ah, you know, you did this wrong, or you committed that sin, or you're just, you know, you're just not good enough, or you didn't pray hard enough, or you didn't, you know, uh, follow this 12-step program, or you didn't do this or do that. And it's trying to pull you away from God's love. And this is where a lot of us miss it. And mm-hmm. in, in whether it's healing or finance or whatever, is we detract from our relationship with God because we don't get the basic step right. God loves us more than anything. Yes. And we have to receive it. We have to accept it. And, and then 
Faith comes by hearing. What does that mean? That's the word. So we need to be reading the word. And sometimes because our our, our skulls are kind of thick, we need to read it out loud or we need to listen to it. Right. And hear it. So we need to read it, read it out loud. We need to hear. And then we need to focus on Jesus. We need to focus on Jesus. And how do we focus on Jesus? Because he's obviously not standing here physically next to either one of us in our in our rooms next to us on camera. How do we see Jesus? We see him in the word. We see Jesus in the word. So we got to focus on him, you know, in, in the okay, in the old testament. When they were when when they were wandering around in the wilderness and they were getting bit by the snakes and they were dying. What did God do? Gave him the bronze serpent. And he said, as long as you look at this, mm -hmm. you'll be healed. So, so that's what they did. And guess what that represented? That represented Jesus. That was a representation of yes. Jesus in the Old Testament. You know, it's it's written. But, but for the people listening and watching, I, Trust me, Robert has got tons of knowledge and, and understanding on both of these topics. I've got over a year and a half of deep, deep, deep study on healing. And I can promise you, it's in the book. Yeah, <laughs> It's in the book. Where we fall short is our unbelief, our lack of focus on Jesus, okay. and a lack of understanding that God loves us and we've already got it. We, If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've got the resurrection power of Jesus within this. We miss it because it's spiritual. Right. It's spiritual. Now, the next thing that I've recently learned, okay, it's spiritual. We have the, we have the resurrection power of Jesus in us. How do we get that to man, to, to how, how, can God manifest that into our flesh or into our, our, our situation in terms of finances or anything else? Okay. It's our mind. We have to have a renewing of the mind. It, right. it, it, it comes through our soul. Our mind is like a gate. Our mind is like the, the spigot or the valve, however you want to look at it, that separates our flesh and our circumstances whether it be finances or uh, sickness or whatever this case is from the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. Okay. We have to have a renewing of the mind. Mm -hmm. And how do we do that? We study the word and we build our relationship with God. Absolutely. See, that's the thing, right? It's, it's both of those. You're like a whole, you're a holistic person, right? You're not separated, but the Bible tells us to renew our mind. We make the assumption that when we get saved, oh, oh we're all, we're good. And our mind, we're going to think immediately like the Lord, or we're going to, we're going to feel immediately what the way the Lord feels. And that's not true. Right. You can be saved, but don't know anything about what, what God's kingdom is or what his principles are or anything about how he thinks or anything of that matter, because he thinks totally different than we do. And so we have to read the scripture. We have to literally renew our mind because our thoughts are not correct. Right. Like up to this point, we have not been thinking like God at all. And so when you get that knowledge, but then you have to act on that knowledge. Like I can have a certain amount of knowledge. Like I, I can know what to do in an emergency. Mm -hmm. You know, a disaster could be coming towards me. But if I don't, if, if I know what to do, but don't act on it, it doesn't mean anything. Right. I'm still going to be swept up. Right. Mm -hmm. So the reality is like you have to act on what you know. 
And that's, that's again, where the rubber meets the road. A lot of people are not acting on what they know. They, they may know what God's word says, and they think because they know it, that it should be enacting in their life, but it's not going to enact in your life until you're acting on it. Mm -hmm. you're living by it this is why james says faith without works is dead right mm -hmm. and so so it's that principle there right uh interestingly enough i'm talking about healing right so that serpent on the pole jesus uses that in john 3 mm -hmm. he says he says this is the example mm -hmm. he he actually points directly to it and what's interesting about that is they had to look to the serpent on the pole to be healed because that was pointing to the Christ. Have you ever noticed that the medical field, that's the symbol they use in our world yep. today? For yep. healing. Mm -hmm. you know, God, God does not mock. That's just the way it goes, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's just very powerful situation. Now I'll tell you something else. Do you know what happened to that serpent on the pole? No, I don't remember. If you later read in the scripture, they actually had to destroy it because much later in their history they had to destroy it mm -hmm. because people started worshiping it oh yes i remember that now yes. okay so so what happened is they ended up taking something god told them to make mm -hmm. god told them to do and they started then they took it and they distorted it yes and then they had to destroy it right mm -hmm. and so like so here's the deal, right? So so you can take something God has given you that's good and makes sense as well as possible and still distort it. Mm -hmm. See, again, it's faith-based. You have to trust what he says and do what he says, mm -hmm. not what you think, not worshiping your thoughts or your ideas about it, right? Mm -hmm. And just because God gave it to you doesn't mean that you can use it however you want. Sometimes you can distort it, right? We're, we're people, we corrupt things. Mm -hmm. We do the same thing with healing, and finances mm -hmm. right so we were we were discussing the healing and finances and the, the relationship between the sick and the poor right mm -hmm. and, and so you have that we see that with like the woman with the issue of blood we see that with the man who was born lame mm -hmm. uh and he's he's a beggar and she's trying to figure it out and so she spends all her money and jesus has to come and heal her mm -hmm. and then you see the man who's who's begging he's, he's lame right and he's there for years and years and years and years until jesus shows up mm -hmm. changes his life forever yeah and i think we see a relationship there but at the same time these are run on principles mm -hmm. right so just like we were discussing finances a lot of people um so what well and like i was mentioning you earlier and i'll mention to our our listeners here the reality is sometimes people call in for prayer or people come in they want to they want to pray mm -hmm which is a good thing. But then when they pray, there's an assumption that God wants to answer our prayers just because he's just that good. Mm -hmm. Like he just wants to make us happy. And you'll see that that's not actually the case, right? So there are sometimes when people pray, now I, I don't do this at work because, because I'm just a prayer agent. I'm not there to preach. I'm not there to counsel, right? That's, we're there to pray. We just give it to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the things that you'll see is like a lot of times you'll hear people and you go, you know, I know a principle about that, that you're that in their in their explanation of it, that, you know, they're not following. Mm. And so because they're not following it, it's causing consequences in their life. Mm -hmm. So if kingdom principles are run off of faith. Think mm -hmm. about this. It's run off of faith. If you're not uh, listening to how the Lord tells you to, like he, 
He tells you how to handle your finances. He tells you how to do things, for instance, so that you'll be healed. And you don't listen to those things and you try to approach it your way. Mm -hmm. Then what happens is, and this is kind of the culture we live in. We're living in a culture that wants God to do things for them without cost or consequence. Mm. And the problem is there's always a cost Mm -hmm. and there's always a consequence. Mm -hmm. You see, God has designed the world that way and he designed his kingdom that way. Mm -hmm. There's a cost and a consequence. Mm -hmm. And the reality is we, we want God to do things. and, And, you know, I'm not saying that somehow you have to pay to be healed or something like that. Right. We're not saying that. No, the cost is Christ, right? The cost was, it cost him everything. Mm-hmm. But you still have consequences for actions that you decide. Mm-hmm. If you, for instance, we know there's a tithing principle. We know there's a principle of giving in scripture. Mm-hmm. Jesus says in Luke 6, 38, for instance, about finances, give and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall all people give into your bosom. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the principle? Give. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the principle. Right, that's the and Paul picks up on this. He expresses this in Second Corinthians nine eight. He says, "If you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow uh, plentifully and generously, you're going to reap generously." Mm-hmm. Now, in, in that scripture, he is talking completely, complete. He's not talking about farming. Mm-hmm. He's putting a farming principle to finances. He's literally talking about the Corinthians giving money that he can take to another church. Mm-hmm. Right. Like this this is what he's talking about. So he's he's simply expressing what Jesus already said. Give and it will be given to you. Right. So there's these like financial principles. Mm -hmm. So what happens is people and and like God told the Israelites. um, Now, you know, it's debated on whether tithing is a principle for the New Testament church. That could be a topic for another day. But in Malachi three, God says, bring all the tithe into my storehouse that there would be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, says the Lord, if I will not pour you out a blessing that there's not room enough to contain. Like he says, I'll open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing there's not room enough to contain, right? It's Mm -hmm. a first fruits of finances principle. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, so what happens? Somebody goes, well, man, I'm really struggling on my finances. Well, one of the questions that you'll hear a lot of ministers say, well, are you tithing? Because they understand the principle of finance, the first fruit principle is tithe. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so if the person says, no, I'm not tithing, and they they say, well, no, I'm not tithing because, right? And then there's the excuse. Mm -hmm. Okay. God does not do well with our excuses. Like, he doesn't accept our excuses. Because the principle of the kingdom is faith. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So he calls Moses. He calls Moses and Moses says, I can't go and do what you want me to do because Mm -hmm. I'm not a good speaker. Mm -hmm. He gives an excuse. Right. Very next line. God gets angry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All of a sudden, like this is not a good thing. He should not have said this. Right. Mm -hmm. Because God already laid out the plan for him. He's showing him this awesome theophany. He's giving Moses an awesome thing with his presence. Mm-hmm. And Moses is like, no, I still can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like he's just he like God shuts everything down that he tries to say why he can't. Mm-hmm. And then he says he still can't do it. Right. 
And this, and so God's just like, you know, he's kind of tired of the excuses, right? So what we do is we think faith without cost or consequence. We think that the excuses are acceptable. Mm -hmm. Well, God, you know, I have a different life than anybody else, right? Nobody's going through what I'm going through. Nobody's going, and, and in reality, that's not technically true, right? 90% of the phone calls I'm getting are healing and finance, healing and right. finance, healing. And, so a lot of people are experiencing the same thing. Mm-hmm. These are teaching moments, mm-hmm. and these are moments that God wants to show us his kingdom principles. And until we learn them, see, we're not going to grab hold of them. We're mm-hmm. not going to understand. And so, so that's what you'll see. And so a lot of people just think, well, ministers, they just want money and stuff like this. Yeah, that's not, that's not the understanding. Ministers know when they read scripture, there's a giving principle in mm-hmm. the kingdom. As you give into God's kingdom and you give to his purposes, you are blessed. Mm -hmm. Like that's the root of blessing financially. Mm -hmm. You don't have to take my word for it. Just we got to read the word. Right. And so what it says, that's a kingdom principle. Mm -hmm. And so we we see that uh, in a lot of ways. We see that um, with businesses that will honor God. We Mm -hmm. see that with people that honor God and just this flow of, of money that comes into their life is, is a, is a sowing and reaping principle of finances, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and that's, that's the kind of thing that we're talking about with each subject in scripture. So like, you know, you're talking about studying healing. Well, then that, well, what do we do? Well, we study the principles of that built on faith, Mm -hmm. because if, if you're, if God's going to tell us something about it, then we have to know it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the danger would be that we bring our own justification and excuses to it. We think we can have faith without cost or consequence and that God just honors that somehow. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's not how he operates. He's operating off of kingdom principles that he wants us to learn. We've come into the kingdom by faith, mm-hmm. we must continue in the kingdom by faith so that we see these things. Right. Mm-hmm. And we see that with principle like. That's what Jesus told Martha and Mary, right? If I told you if you'd believe, right? You'll see this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, everything's built on faith, right? This is what he tells a lot of people who are healed. What's he say? Your faith saved you, right? Your faith healed you. Your, mm-hmm. your faith, your faith. It's, mm-hmm. it's a kingdom principle. Yeah, and that, that, that's a great point, the kingdom principles. And the other thing that you said, too, is to your point earlier, you said we want it, you know, a lot of times we want it our way. We want mm-hmm. it on our terms. You know, well, God, uh, I pray that um, if I, I know I need to lose 20 pounds, God, if I lose 20 pounds, will you heal me? Uh, you know, and that that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, or you know, like, God, like, I can't lose that 20 pounds that I know I should lose. If I if I don't lose that 20 pounds, will you still heal me or whatever? And God's yeah. like, and God's over here on, on a completely separate page. You know, mm-hmm. like, he's got his plan for you. He's got his way of doing things and his ways are not our ways. That's scriptural. And, you know, he's he's he wants to do things for his glory in accordance with his plan. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have to surrender and say, you know, we can't say, oh, God, you know, will you will you will you give me the winning lottery ticket? You know, it. Yeah. I'll, I'll just take a million dollars, you know, and God's over there like, well. I got plans for you and my plans for you are this, this, and this. And accordance with my plans, you're going to need this, this, and this. And that million dollar lottery ticket, yeah, it's just a million dollars, but that million dollar lottery ticket is nowhere in my plan. Right. 
And so, you know, but, but the thing is, you know, we can't get that confused that, you know, because God's plans for us are great. You know, that was written. Absolutely. Yeah. He's got great plans for us. That's in Jeremiah 30, 33, I think it is. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. There you plans go. Prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. There you go. Thirty-three is where he said that he promised that he would tell us what, tell us all unknown things, or tell us all great things unknown, or something. But oh, yes, yeah, but 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 yeah. So we know for sure God has great plans for us. God wants us well. It's written throughout Scripture. It's just we can't want it our way, and that's where a lot of us we try to take the control. You know, yes. we try to we try to control the situation. We're trying to to keep our hands on the steering wheel. We're trying to to, to control the relationship with God and, the, and our and our narrative. But yeah. there's a, an aspect that we talked about last week, and that's rest. And oh, yeah. In, yeah. So what is resting in God? Well, that doesn't mean taking a nap on the couch. I mean, it might. But rest, yeah. resting in God <laughs> means just being at peace and following and being obedient with and obedient to His plan for us. That is resting in God, and and Absolutely. yeah, and and you know that's the thing. It's like, okay, God wants us well and He wants to heal us, but He wants to do it His way. So we have to surrender this flesh that He gave us in the first place, and. Yeah. You know, and, and and so we have to surrender this flesh that he gave us in the first place and say, okay, God, I'm asking you to help me. Show me what you want me to do. Tell me what you want me to do your way. Right. And then rest in obedience to him when he gives you the answer. And it's the same with mm -hmm. finances, to your point. Kingdom principles, you know, when, when God tells you to tithe, tithe. He gives us free will. We don't have to do it. That's but right. But that does that also means well maybe we're not going to get the blessing that he wants us to have either. That's right. How how would you get the blessing from your parents? Right. You mm -hmm. learn to live in their household. Yeah. Right. You don't live well in their household. You're either going to rebel or but you or or they're going to get uh, the discipline rod. Right. They're going to discipline you. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to get the blessing that way. Right. The blessing of your parents is that you're understanding the rules of their house. Right. And so, and so God is a father. Mm -hmm. right? He's a father. Something the re Lord revealed to me today, something I'm going to be sharing tomorrow uh, with some, some other believers. Um, this, this question was asked earlier in the week. And then I, I just kind of continued the thought and thought about this with regard to excuses that we make. Right. Mm -hmm. But this, this question was asked, will we be part of God's activity or will he find someone else? Mm. okay very important question you have to wake up and you have to ask the question am i going to be part of god's activity today he's doing stuff today am i going to be part of that activity mm. see if i'm not part of that activity what does that mean well it doesn't mean god stops his activity it means you're not involved right and he goes on to someone else who will be involved mm -hmm. so what's going to happen is you're going to miss out on a blessing there Right. Because God wants you involved, but if you're not willing, right? Okay, so I started thinking about this. 
So we start making excuses as to why, like I'm sure the people are watching this, right? That they're starting to make excuses as to why they didn't do something God wanted them to do, right? There's like, there's already things. I know in my, in my life, I'm saying this from experience, right? In my life, when I'm not doing something God wants me to do, it's because I made an excuse about it. Right. Like I said, well, though I had a good reason, right? Because you never want to go to God and say, well, I just don't want to do it because that would be rebellion. Right. Right. So you kind of come up with a good reason. Well, God, I have a good reason why I can't do it. That's what Moses does, right? He comes up with a good reason. I can't speak well, Lord. Mm. Like, I'm just not genetically capable. I'm not, you know, I'm not mentally capable. I'm not physically capable to do what you ask. So mm -hmm. there's no point in me going, right? Like, he's trying to give a good reason, and that does not help him. <laughs> That's not okay. And so here's the thing. When we make those excuses, it means that we're okay with God finding someone else. Think about what that means. Oh, yeah. So we cannot. So if, if we do that, understand then that we cannot see the best of God in our life while making excuses as to why we cannot do something. Mm -hmm. And the best plan of God is what he's already asked us to do in the first place. See, God's not giving us like a lesser plan. When God asks you to do something, it's because it's already in line with his best plan for you. Mm -hmm. right so he's he's already at trying to give you the best when you make an excuse as to why you can't do it then what you're saying is you're denying god's best for your life now how many believers are praying John, uh, jeremiah 29 11 that he knows the plans he has for me right and but how many are praying that and then living by the fact that okay if god comes to me with a task then I'm going to trust that I already know that's his best plan for me and I need to follow it. Mm -hmm. Or is he going to have to find somebody else? Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's kind of the choices, right? We, we either join in with what God wants to do. Now, what does that mean? That means as hard as life could be like Jeremiah, I would not want to live his life. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, God told him he couldn't have a family, told him he couldn't be married. He kept getting thrown into a pit. He's literally known as the weeping prophet because his life was not fun. Mm -hmm. Right. God, it, it's like it's like God loves Jeremiah. But think about think about God's plan. He already told Jeremiah what was coming. So for Jeremiah, God's best plan for his life was the life he lived mm. as he obeys God. Well, man, that, that's a rough life. Yes, but, you know, again, Paul tells us, no eye has seen nor ear heard what God has prepared, right? We don't know what God has prepared then for Jeremiah for obedience, mm -hmm. right? We right. see this side of things, but you got to know like God has the best in store, mm -hmm. but you got to follow that plan. So what was Moses' best plan? Well, his best plan was God's best plan for Moses was to visit him on a mountain to tell him to go back to Egypt and deliver the Israelites. Mm -hmm. right uh god's best plan for joseph was to be thrown into a pit sold into slavery end up being in the prison so he could get him to the palace mm -hmm. right and actually be heard right so you know god has this this way of working things out that don't always seem fun or seem right but obedience is about that's going to be the best plan and that's just, that's one of those kingdom principles. That's why trusting God is so important. Because you have to trust him. And it's not always going to make sense or feel good or look good. Mm -hmm. 
you're going to go through some stuff, mm-hmm. right? Jesus warns us, right? Like we're going to be persecuted in the world. Like we, we know as believers, you know, not everybody's going to like the message of Christ. Right. Some will, right? Some will accept what he'll, the sheep will come in, mm-hmm. but others will not be his sheep. Right. They will be persecution. But then Jesus tells us things like, don't worry though. I've overcome the world. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so God's best plan could be persecution. Right. Nobody wants it. I, mean, I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm never going to pray like, Oh God, I can't wait to be a martyr for you. No, I'm not praying that. Right. Like, <laughs> But but that that could be the best plan for the sake of others in that situation. God honors that though. Like he he never he never does away with suffering. He never blows off suffering as unimportant. Right. It has a purpose and it has a reason. Mm-hmm. And uh and so that's that, but it requires trust. Mm-hmm. It's like when we had to listen to our parents about how to handle money, or we had to listen to our parents about how to do a job, mm-hmm. right? We had to listen to our parents about, you know, why to do something or, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not easy, right? You know, it, it, it's, it's a learning process, but we find out it makes us better adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same process, right? God still has a good plan. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. It requires faith. Mm-hmm. So those kingdom principles are not going to be easy to learn, right? Those kingdom principles about healing, kingdom principles about finances, not easy to learn. Mm-hmm. They kind of are counterintuitive at times, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, that's that's the way God's plan is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and I I I want to say this too. This was important thinking about this concept. Uh, I used to think there was only two choices with Peter walking on the water. I used to think you either walk on the water or you sink. Two choices. And God showed me the other day that there's actually a third choice. You could just stay in the boat. Mm. And I went, oh, man. Like it was a mind-blowing experience. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, wow, I never thought about that, Lord. He's like, yep. See, everybody gets on the Peter about walking on the water, and they get on the Peter about sinking. So we either, we either praise him or we're talking But there was, a, there was 11 other people that never even got out of the boat. Right. And, and you kind of wonder, okay, how many people, how many of them were ragging on Peter for sinking? Because we always focus on negative, right? We mm-hmm. be like, I mean, yep. Chad, let's be honest. If I saw you walking on the water and I saw you sink, you came back to the boat, even though I never left the boat. What am I probably going to comment on? Oh yeah, you didn't have belief. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, right? You're we're going to focus on that. That's what we're going to focus on. But I didn't even leave the boat, right? <laughs> and so, so the reality is, there's another. There's. I think we have a church in a lot of ways where we have a lot of people who just don't leave the boat. They view other people trying to walk on the water and they judge them for sinking. Mm -hmm. But these people are walking toward Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. They're trusting Christ. Mm -hmm. Yes, they're going to sink. But Jesus is there to rescue them, too. Like. But you have the choice to make, you know, do you walk on the water? Do you sink? Do you even get out of the boat? See, it's the religious spirit that stays in the boat. Mm -hmm. The religious spirit will judge everyone else walking on the water or sinking. 
while never getting out of the boat. Mm-hmm. See, that's not faith. Mm-hmm. Right. The, so, so it's very important. The principle is uh, of the kingdom and it's, it's run on faith. It's, it's very important. We learn his principles. Mm-hmm. And what was the principle for Peter? Right? Like, keep your eyes on me. And mm-hmm. Don't focus on the storm, right? Keep your eyes on me. You won't sink. Mm-hmm. Right. Have faith in me. Right. And so very important. Yep. That's the underlying thing. And in, in, in realize that God loves us so much that he won't. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, he will not let us sink. That's right. That's right. But we have to separate. We have to separate our physical condition from that spiritual truth. That's that's where that's a difficult thing for a lot of us. Oh, absolutely. It's hard for us to imagine that the spirit of God controls everything we see and can't see. Mm hmm. It's because it, we don't, you know, the spirit's not physical like we can feel him. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of wish we could feel him like we could feel the wind or something like that, right? But mm-hmm. but we can't. The yeah. only way we sense the Holy Spirit, the only way we sense the Spirit of God, if, if he allows us, and then if if we're in tune with the Lord, otherwise we will completely miss him. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Well, you know, I'm not Phil, <laughs> but and I haven't been tracking time, which is what I was meaning by that. But I, I would I would say we've definitely surpassed our, our half hour Phil allotment, but that's OK. Whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is, it is. It, it's a good it was a good conversation. And I think we, we had a lot of good discussion here tonight and give people a lot of things to think about. And I encourage you, if you're listening to this and you're questioning about you know, if you have the same thing, you know, if, if you're seeking healing or finances, um, reach out to us through, you know, the the various ways, you know, get a hold of, you know, email Phil or um, leave a message on the, the video on YouTube or whatever, whatever method that you have or use. Le- reach out. We can give you some uh, some scriptures and we can give you some practical guidance. And, you know, when it when it comes to healing specifically, there are several good books that I've read over the last couple months that are just phenomenal and, you know, giving me new revelations and things like that. But it, it comes down to our relationship with God, our faith in him and understanding that he loves us more than anything. And, and I think if we can get those things and the kingdom principles that Robert talked about tonight, I think that if we can focus on those, focus on Jesus and obey, be obedient to what he tells us when he when he gives us directions or instructions to obey it. I think that uh, those mm-hmm. those are the some of the key takeaways and no matter what, no matter what trials and tribulations we face. So absolutely. Yep. Last thought for me here. Think about Matthew six, Matthew six. God, uh, Jesus says about, Hey, don't worry about the clothes you wear, the food you eat, right? All these physical things. Yeah. This is what Gentiles all seek after. Right? don't worry about these things. And he ends that chapter by saying what, what you should be seeking. Seek first the kingdom of God. And then all these things will be added to you. 
Yep. Isn't that interesting that he says first the kingdom? Yep. Then those other things. See, we we have a tendency to to change that around, right? Yep. And and right. notice what was important with Jesus. So just just powerful. That's right. That's right. Yeah, there's been a lot of people that don't go to church because they don't have a good enough clothes. Hmm. Yep. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's right. Well, Robert, it was an awesome conversation tonight. And mm -hmm. uh, who needs Phil? <laughs> <laughs> we do. Just kidding. Uh, Just kidding. Phil. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, reach out to us. Give us some feedback. If you have any uh, requests that you have for us, call Robert on his prayer line <laughs> on the on the uh, seven hundred club prayer line. Maybe you'll get Robert. He yep. takes he takes about eighty of the thirteen thousand a day. You know. But uh, yeah, please reach out to us if you need if you need something. We we'd love to uh, you know help you with with some scriptures and 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 things of that nature. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening, and we wish you a good night.